This morning, I think most of you know that every one of us operate from a very limited perspective on things. You understand that to be right, don't you? We, we operate and we go through life with a very limited perspective on things. And no matter how broad of a perspective we try to have on life, we're still limited because we are human beings who are incapable of really considering everything. And I say that this morning for this reason. As I approached this message for this week, I began approaching things from my perspective. And it's the only perspective, really, that I am able to fully understand. I can listen to someone else's perspective. I can listen to someone else's opinion. I can understand some of it. I can appreciate some of it. But at the end of the day, really, I have my perspective on things, and, and it's limited in its perspective. It's limited in its understanding, and uh, it, it's as best I can come up with, okay? And, and so this morning I'm going to say some things that are from my perspective. And you may say, oh, good grief, Kyle. If you only knew, if you could only see from this perspective, if you only, you know, if you were only aware of, of this or whatever it may be, okay, I, I get what you're saying. But maybe I don't have the years of experience or maybe I don't have the, the same background or whatever it may be. And so just be patient as we go through this. I think you'll see what I'm trying to communicate in a couple of moments. From my perspective, it seems like this is a safe statement to make, that our country has shifted over the last several years, Amen. that our country is not exactly what it once was, say, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40 years ago. It seems as though things have changed, and, and again, from my perspective, it seems as though things have changed from a negative standpoint or in a negative manner. I know this to be true, I know this to be so, that the Bible is clear and the Bible is accurate, that there is nothing new under the sun. You and I are not seeing anything happen in our culture, in our society today, that has not been going on since the beginning of man, but it does seem like even though the issues are the same and the problems are the same, it seems like though our culture and our nation is still shifting and changing even though the issues have always been the issues. Well, what do I mean? I mean this. It seems like the family unit is not as strong as it once was. I know there have always been family problems. I know there have always been family issues. I, I know that there have always been immorality issues, divorce issues, abuse issues, violence issues. I understand that, but it seems like in today's world it, it's different, though I know it's the same. I know that rebellious children have always existed, but it seems different. You understand what I'm talking about? It just seems like in our culture and in our climate today that while rebellion has always existed, it seems like it's different. It seems like our education system is different than it once was. It seems like politics are different than what they once were. Just across the board, it seems like things have changed, though maybe they haven't changed that much. 
I say that to say this. It seems like in Christianity, things have changed. It, thing, it seems like things in, in our modern day Christianity, what we would call Christian values, Christian approach to living, the Christian life, it seems like, again, from my perspective, things have changed. Maybe it's always been this way, but it doesn't seem like it has always been this way. And so this morning I'm going to present to you some thoughts. I'm going to present to you some things that I feel like the Scripture brings to our attention for good reason. And, and I don't know how to approach it other than to say it seems like this doesn't happen much anymore. It doesn't seem like in the ranks of Christianity that this is something that is happening as frequently as it once did. I, I know it's not happening as frequently as it ought to happen, but, but you may sit here and say, Brother Kyle, it's been this way for as long as I've been in the church. Brother Kyle, it's been this way as long as I've been associated with Christianity. It's always been this way. Okay, I'm just telling you, that, that may be, but it seems different. It just seems different. I don't know how else to say it. Okay, so what is it? What is it that seems different? Okay, well, in Psalm 119, verse number 59, here is what the writer says in the first statement. I thought on my ways. I thought on my ways. Understand, please, over the course of the next few moments, I'm not about to say something I've not said in the past. I've said this many times before. You've probably heard other people say similar thoughts, similar ideas. I will not apologize for it, though, because we need this. He says in verse number 59, I thought on my ways. What is the writer saying whenever he makes this declaration? He is saying that he thought on his direction or his path or the journey that his life was on. What does it mean when the writer says he thought about his path, he thought about his direction, or the journey that his life was on? It means this. It means to think about something or to give some serious consideration to something. The writer pens these words and says, you know, I have given some consideration and some thought and attention to the direction of my life. I don't know what it was like 20 years ago, really, because at that point I probably wasn't paying attention like I should have been. I don't know what it was like 30 years ago, and I don't know what it was like 50 years ago. But as I look at modern-day Christianity these days, as I look at what is kind of the acceptable norm in the Christian life these days, here is what it seems like from my perspective. Here is what it seems like as a pastor for the last several years. It seems as though there are not many people, Christians included, who want to think about their ways. It's almost as though people don't want to give attention or consideration to the direction of their life and the journey or the path, so to speak, that they are on. It's almost as though as you look at modern day Christianity, as you look at how people approach their everyday lives, it seems almost as though people don't want to think about where their lives are headed. They don't want to think about the direction their lives are going. They don't want to think about it because, 
Well, first of all, that would require some effort and it would require some attention. And as we'll see in a moment, it might require some change. That's not what we're interested in. But when you begin to talk to people, when you begin to, to discuss things with people, and you begin to say things like this, have you thought about that? You know what you get so many times from people? So many times you get a blank look. Have you thought about that? What? Now, I mean, have you thought about the direction? Have you thought about the possible end of the decisions that you are making right now? This past week I was having lunch with someone, and, and as I was visiting with them, they were a young person, and, and as I was visiting with them, one of the statements I made to them was this. I said, you need to stop and consider that the decisions you make today will forever impact your life. The decisions you're making right now, it's not just a, a momentary decision with just a momentary consequence. No, the decisions you make today, it will forever set in course or set in, in action a, a course of life. And there are decisions that you can make right now that will forever, ever alter your life in a negative way. And to talk to that person and to say that, it was kind of like, really? Yes, really. What you are doing right now is going to have consequence. So because of that, where you are at right now, you need to give some consideration and you need to give some thought to where your life is headed. I'm telling you, from my perspective, from my angle, when you talk to people about these things, they don't want to think about it. You try to talk to them about matters that matter. You try to talk to them about issues of significance. You try to talk to them about things of importance. And, and you say to them, have you thought this thing through? And again, they give you this blank look like, like uh, uh, you, you expect me to think? Yes, I expect you to think, and, and I would expect you and I to think long term. What is this going to yield in my life later? What I'm doing right now, what is it going to produce in the years? What are going to be the pros and what are going to be the cons? What are going to be the things that I could look forward to if I make this decision? And what are the things that I would not look forward to? What are the things that I would want to avoid if I were to make this decision? I'm telling you, it seems like in today's society, in today's culture, and even amongst Christians, it is hard to get people to think. Have you thought about where your family's going to be in 10 years with this decision? Have you thought about where your relationship with your spouse is going to be in a few years with this decision? Have you thought about the example that this will be to your children and your grandchildren? Well, no, I hadn't really thought about it. Well, friends, it is time. It is time for us to think. The writer says, I, I thought on my ways. I gave attention to it. 
I, I gave some serious consideration to the direction and, and to the life or, and the path and the journey that my life was on. I couldn't help but do it. I, I knew that I needed to. Notice what he says next. And turned my feet unto thy testimonies. And turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I don't know if you realize this. I mean, I didn't begin to realize it till I really studied this out. But how powerful of a statement that is. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. What is the testimonies a reference to? It's a reference to the Word of God. We understand this. We're far enough into the study now that we know what the testimonies are a reference to. And so the testimonies are a reference to the Word of God. Now notice he says, And turn my feet unto thy testimonies. Now friends, whether we caught this or not the first time we read it, or maybe I'm about to help us a little bit, I don't care which one it is, but I want us to think about this. Here's what the writer did. The writer acknowledged the superiority of the Word of God in his life. There is an awareness that God's Word is right and God's Word is correct and God's Word is infallible. The writer, and and we'll see this in just a moment, the writer recognizes that the Word of God is the standard. The Word of God was not some recommendation. The Word of God was not some suggestion. The Word of God was the authority and the standard in His life. You know what it seems like today for so many people, even those in the church? It seems like so many people have this mindset of the Word of God for their life. Maybe not for anyone else, but for their life. The Word of God is nothing more than good recommendations, ideas, thoughts, or principles by which to possibly consider to apply to one's life. So many people sitting in the church don't see it as absolute authority. They don't view the testimonies of the Word of God to be the standard by which their life is to be lived. For so many people sitting in church, the idea appears to be this, that here's what the Word of God, and here's what the Word of God says, and here's what the Word makes known unto His people. But yet so many people sitting in the church, they give off the appearance that they're able to look through the list, they're able to look through the teachings and the principles and say something like this, yeah, I like that one, but I don't really care for that one too much. And, and you know, we're, we're probably going to start working on that one in the future, but maybe not right now. But, but you know, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not fond on that one at all. Do you understand what the Christian world looks like these days? They do not look to the Word of God as their standard of authority. It doesn't seem like that's the way it used to be. If you consider the statement even further, he said, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. What does it mean to turn your feet? It means to return to something. It means to return to something. Why would you return to something that you did not see as superior over your own positions? There would be no reason to. But in addition to that, I want us to consider this. He said, and returned my feet unto thy testimonies. 
I returned to the Word of God. I returned to the testimonies of God's Word. You know what he's acknowledging in that simple statement? He is acknowledging as it relates to the testimonies of God's Word, I got away from it. I got away from the Word of God. And when I remembered the testimonies, when I remembered and when I thought about my ways, when I thought about the direction of my life, here is what I realized. God's Word is my authority and God's Word is the standard. And as I thought about God's Word and I thought about my direction, here is what I realized. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And so I returned and I brought my feet back to thy testimonies. Do you know what the writer admitted? He admitted, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's not that Scripture's wrong. It's not that Scripture is out of line. It's not that Scripture is no longer relevant. No, here's what he said of the testimonies. He said, I went astray. The only way that you can return to something is if you're no longer there. And so he says, as he thought about his ways, he turned his feet unto thy testimonies. He returned. He came back to the Word of God. I recognize, the writer says, that the Word of God is the authority, that it is the standard. And as I thought about the direction of my life, I realized I'm not going where I'm supposed to be going. I'm not going where I need to be going. I'm not going where I want to take my life. And so I have got to come back to the Word of God in my life. Do you know how many people sitting in churches today think the Word of God is wrong? The Word of God speaks on this issue and they don't think the Word of God is accurate anymore. They think that culture trumps the Word of God. They look at what the Word of God says about this particular issue and they say, well, it just doesn't work that way anymore. It's just not the, that's just not real life. I mean, you can't expect that kind of stuff anymore. Maybe 2,000 years ago you could preach that kind of stuff and people would respond. But you can't do that these days. I mean, the Word of God, it just, it no longer applies in situations like this. They don't have a biblical attitude toward the testimonies of God's Word. But I want us to think about this. Not only is it you know, just next to impossible to get someone to think about the direction of their lives, but it is even harder to get people to admit they are wrong and God's Word is right. I mean, if by chance you can get someone to think about the direction of their life, if you can get someone to think about their future, if you can get someone to think about the path that they're on, the journey they are on, I'm telling you to try to get people to see that they're wrong in relation to the Word of God is next to impossible. Because so many people these days in church, it seems like they think, how could I be wrong? I mean, really, how could I be wrong? 
I mean, Brother Kyle, don't you realize I come to church? I mean, how could I be wrong? I mean, Brother Kyle, don't you realize? I, I mean, I, I, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. How could I possibly be wrong? I think God understands. God never understands disobedience. And yet there are so many people sitting in churches and here's what they will not admit. Here is will, here's what they will not uh, surrender their thoughts to and their minds to that they could possibly be wrong in this matter. So that is why from time to time I preach on the subject of the home. And there are people who are gung-ho and amen and all excited and all this other stuff. And I'm screaming to myself, how can you say that? Because we think we're right. I mean, I, I preach on, on, on the marriage. I preach on finances. I, I preach on child rearing. I preach on priorities. I preach on faithfulness. You know, you try to bring these things to the thoughts and the minds of the people. Then you say, consider it. Think about it. And most people don't think about it. Most people don't consider it. But if you get them to think about it, the natural assumption and conclusion is... Well, of course I'm right. Friends, we can't always be right. Can't rob God, sit here, amen a message on robbing God, and be right just because you amend it. You can't sit here and listen to a message about priorities, say amen and be right just because you amen the message about priorities. You can't sit here with vices and addictions and say amen and leave the church and leave the house of God right with God just because you amend it. You can't leave here without a burden for souls and, and a concern for the lost. And, and you can't leave here and be right with God just because you nodded your head during the service. At some point, we as God's people have to admit, I'm wrong. It doesn't happen very often. We make light of the fact when we're convicted sometimes. We tease about it. We giggle about it. We just move on like it didn't really happen. We'll sit and say amen to a message. We'll sit and say amen to a wonderful truth presented by myself or anyone else. Go out and do the exact same thing and think we're right and we're okay. That's what it seems like. Because it happens all the time. It seems like. It's hard to make people think. We don't want to. I don't want to think about the direction of my life. I mean, that, that, that's discouraging. That's because we're not thinking. I don't want to think about the direction. I don't want to think about my future. I don't want to think about this. I mean, uh, let me talk about financial goals and dreams and plans like that, but, but don't make me think about the direction of, of X, Y, or Z, whatever we're talking about. Uh, don't make me think about that. We have got to think about it.
We have got to think about it because if we don't think about it, here's what we'll do. We will naturally, because of our sin nature, get off course. And the Word of God that is constant, the Word of God that is abiding, the Word of God that is unchanging, we will get away from it. And if we're not careful, here's what we'll do. We'll stop seeing the Word of God as our authority. We'll stop seeing the Word of God as our standard. And when we do take the time to look at the Word of God, here's what we'll assume. We'll assume we're all right and we're okay, even though we're not where the Word of God says we're supposed to be. seems like that's the Christian culture we're living in. It seems like that Christian culture has permeated our church to a great extent. For what reason? Verse number 60. I made haste. I made haste. Have any idea what that would translate to in modern day lingo? It means this, I hurried up and delayed not. You know what that would translate into? I didn't linger. I didn't dilly-dally. I didn't just casually stroll. I made haste. I hurried and delayed not. I did not linger. I made haste and delayed not. To what? To keep thy commandments. What does it mean to keep the commandments of God? Among other things, it means this. To observe. To obey. To do. Thy commandments. Does this make sense? I mean, think about the flow of verses 59 and 60. This is a powerful, powerful truth. Here's the writer, and he says, you know, for whatever reasons, we don't know if he was challenged or if he just knew that he was supposed to do it, but he said, you know what, I thought about the direction of my life. I took some time, let's listen, I took some time to think about the direction of my life. And as I did, here is what I realized. I've strayed from the authority of the Word of God in my life. And I turned my feet. I returned my direction back to the commandments and to the statutes and the testimonies of God's Word. And in doing so, I hurried. I did not linger. It's like the writer says this, when I realized I was astray, when I realized that I had wandered, I wanted to hurry and as quickly as possible get right with the word of God and begin observing and keeping and doing what the commandments of God's word teaches. You know what the writer indicates? He indicates that in his personal spiritual life, there was a sense of urgency in being made right with the Word of God. Urgency. 
It's hard to make people think. It's hard to get people to admit they're wrong. I'm just being honest with you. It's hard to get people to admit they're wrong, no matter what the Word of God says, because there's always a but in there somewhere. But, Brother Kyle, you don't understand. But, you don't understand my situation. But this, but that, but, 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 but. Okay, so, but let's just carry it a step further. Suppose for just a moment the almost unthinkable these days happens. And someone says, you're right, that is what the Word of God says. That is what the Word of God declares. Brother Kyle, based on what the Word of God says, you know, I, I'm living in disobedience. My priorities are not right. My marriage isn't right. My, my, you know, my, my habits aren't right. My addictions aren't right. My, my, my critical spirit isn't right. Whatever it may be, okay, Let's just say that somebody says, I'm not right. You know what we don't seem to see much of these days? We don't seem to see much of an urgency in the lives of people to make things right. At least in relation to the Word of God. It's almost as though people think, I'll take care of that later. It's almost as though people think, well, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm not right, but, you know, I, I mean, you know, the Lord understands, and, and I'll take care of that at some other time in my life. I mean, I, I know that I'm not right. I, I, I get it. I know what the Word of God says. And, Brother Kyle, I, it's not you. It, it, it's the Word of God. I, I got you on that. Okay. Okay. So, so do you want to make things right? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to think about it. We're going to think about getting right. We're going to pray about getting right. We need to pray about whether or not we need to get right with God. <laughs> We're going to talk it over with our spouse. Are we serious? It's like we have no sense of urgency these days in modern-day Christianity to be made right with the one that we are living in disobedience to. And so messages are preached and, and thoughts are presented and, and the Word of God is made known. And, 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 and This is going to sound bad, I understand. But as the Word of God is made known, I mean, it's, it's right. Not because I'm saying it, but because the Word of God declares it. And, and God help me to not be misinterpreted on this. But here's what it seems like so many times while I'm preaching, that we are essentially, allegorically in a sense, just yawning like, uh, we about done with this. No urgency. When are we going to get serious about our marriage? When are we going to get serious about our children? When are we going to get serious about our grandchildren? When are we going to get serious about our testimony? When are we going to get serious about our priorities? When are we going to get serious about getting victory over those habits? When are we going to get serious uh, about just saying, you know what, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of this and I just want to serve the Lord. When are we going to have a sense of urgency that says, we've got to get serious about this? There's almost no urgency in the Christian life these days. 
We assume that because God has been merciful, He'll always be merciful. We believe that because God has been slow to judge, He won't judge. We've come to this place where we think, well, because God hasn't done anything yet, He must be okay with this. That's not at all what it is. God is merciful, and God is kind, and God is forgiving, and God is gracious. But there should be on our part some sense of fear and some sense of concern that if I don't make this right, and if I don't make it right right now, I've got big problems ahead of me. It just seems, it just seems in modern day Christianity, people don't want to think. Uh, And if I do think, I don't want to think very long. Let let me just go back to my normal way of life. Let me just go back to, to whatever it was about 35, 40 minutes ago. Let me just go back to... So before you challenged me to think, it seems like people don't want to think. It seems like people don't want to admit they're wrong anymore, not because of what the preacher said, but because of what the Word of God said. And if you do get someone to admit that they are wrong, that the Word of God is actually right and still the authority, It just seems like there's not much urgency amongst God's people to make things right. I think so many people sitting in churches are on cruise control. It's kind of steady. We're not really pushing ourselves. We're not at the back of the line. We're just, you know, we're on cruise control. We're just kind of steady. We know when to be at church. We know when to say amen. We know when to pray. We know when to nod our heads. We know when to be disgusted at everyone else. Come on. We, we know when everyone else is wrong and all that other stuff. We know that for everyone else. What about us? What about us? Who cares what the church down the street is doing? Who cares what the Christians in other churches are doing? What about us? When was the last time we were on our face before God? Not publicly necessarily, but when was the last time we were on our face before God saying, God, I have strayed. God, I am not where I'm supposed to be. I mean, it it ought to happen at church from time to time. But when was the last time we were on our face before God saying, God, I have strayed and and I don't want to play games anymore. God, I'm ready to get serious. And God, I'm ready to get victory. And God, I'm ready to, to, to do what you would have me to do. When has that happened in our lives? I thought on my ways. And turn my feet into thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Could you and I read those verses and say, that sounds like my testimony? Could you and I read those two verses and say, I could have written those words as as easily as the writer himself wrote them? Most of us can't. 
And I said, most of us can't. It's our, it, it, listen, it's our decision, though. It's our choice. Will we think? Will we admit that he is right and we are wrong? And will we have any urgency to make right what we now know to be wrong? And don't amen it and don't nod your head if you don't plan on living it. Does that sound like us? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I know that the message preached 